Lord, thank you so much again for bringing us here, God. Thank you for this opportunity, Lord, to meet. Lord, I pray for this school, this cafeteria, Lord, this property, that you would bless it. Thank you for this op- this, uh, uh, make that, how they made it available for us to come here to, uh, today, this morning, every week to meet and gather. And I just pray your blessings upon this property. And Lord, as we open your word, we ask that you would speak to us. We ask, Lord, that through your Holy Spirit, God, that we would hear your voice. And in particular areas, Lord, that you would target, Lord, where we need to grow, what we need to change, God. Convict our hearts of sin. And Lord, we just want to draw closer to you, God. You are our living hope, Lord. And you're everything to us, God. And so be that right now, today. Anoint this time with your Holy Spirit, and we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let me begin here by asking you, do you ever have like commercial jingles like stubbornly stuck in your head? I mean, perhaps like me, you can hear something even just one time, and then it seems like it just rolls and rolls around your head, and you can't get it out of your head. As soon as you hear a little melody, as soon as you hear the words, oh, it triggers that tune, and boom, it's going round and round. There's some old commercial jingles I was thinking about. Remember the Alka-Seltzer one? Do you remember that one? Plop, plop, fizz, fizz. Oh, yeah, some of you, yeah, baby boomers like me, right? As I mentioned this one to my wife the other day, she just rattled it off right away. When it's Libby's, Libby's, Libby's on the label, 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 you will like it on the table, table, table. That's right. All right. How about uh, maybe you remember this one? I am stuck on Band-Aid because how sad, isn't that? It's in our minds, yeah. Now, I think everyone will know this commercial jingle. It came from Chili's Restaurant, right, about the rib dinner. It went like, I want my baby back, baby back, baby back. I want my baby back, baby back, baby back. I want my baby back, baby back, baby back. Baby back ribs, right? Yeah. All right, one more. Though this company recently went bankrupt, their commercial jingle still stuck in my head. I don't want to grow up. I'm a kids, right? There's a million toys at Toys R Us that I can play with. That, uh, from bikes to trains to video games, it's the biggest toy store there is. I don't want to grow up because, baby, if I did, I wouldn't be a Toys R Us kid, right? <laughs> How sad. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, just like these jingles that are stubbornly stuck in our minds some christians are stubbornly stuck in spiritual maturity and it's as if they're saying the same thing in our last jingle i don't want to grow up well as we continue in the book of hebrews the writer addresses believers who are like spiritual babies basically they're stuck in a stubborn immaturity. And that's the title of our message today. A stubborn immaturity. We're going to be studying Hebrews chapter 5 from verse 11 through 14. We're going to finish the chapter. Last week we did the first part of the chapter. Now as we continue on in our study through Hebrews, we're going to take the second half. Our outline today is this, and, and this is covering our, our passage. The, these these. Hebrews, really, they're like, number one, babies who don't 
listen. Number two, babies who drink milk. And number three, babies who disobey. So let's begin here. Number one, with our title, A Stubborn Immaturity. Number one in our outline, babies who don't listen. Babies who don't listen. Take a look with me here now, Hebrews chapter 5, verse 11. It reads, Of whom we have much to say and hard to explain, since you have become dull of hearing. Now we begin here in the New King James mid-sentence, some other translations start a new sentence, but we begin with this phrase, of whom we have much to say. Of who? Who is he talking about? Well, Jesus, Jesus Christ. And it's Jesus, our high priest, which was the title of our, our message in last week. And what we learn in this first part of chapter 5 is Jesus is much more than any earthly high priest. He is our high priest, what? In heaven, if you remember, if you're here. Plus, he follows the priesthood of the Old Testament priest, Melchizedek. If you missed that, grab a CD today or you can listen online. Now, the writer says, hey, we're of whom, Jesus, our high priest, we have a lot to say. There's much more to say, he's saying, about this. And he will cover more when we reach chapter 7. But first, he must tell them how it's hard to explain, verse 11 says. Why? Because of these deep truths. It's hard to explain all these deep truths. And even last week, we went deep, didn't we? We went deep into what? who Jesus is and what the truth is about him. Well, why is this hard to explain? Well, because, and this is an interesting phrase, because he, say, he says at the end of verse 11, since you have become dull of hearing. The word dull here in original language means like sluggish or slow or, or even lazy. So the Hebrews here, the, the readers, the, the, the people that he's talking to, maybe not all of them, but as the writer is writing, they, these people, they become sluggish. They become slow. They become lazy. And what? In hearing. In hearing what? In hearing, listening to the Word of God. In hearing God's truth. Literally, the word dull is no push, actually, in the original language. In other words, there was no drive in them. There's no passion to learn more of God's Word and to hear how it applies in their life. And sadly, these readers have become numb, basically, to what God has to say. So the idea right away we see is these have become slow to hear, slow to respond to God's Word. Like immature toddlers, these are babies who don't listen. Thus the heading in our outline. Now, parents, you parents out there, we know what that is like, don't we, right? We know how babies don't listen, right? We, we tell our, our walking toddler, no, no, don't, no, don't go there, yeah? Stay here with daddy. But what do they do? They don't listen and what? They step right into the muddy planter, right? Or you tell your toddler, no touch, you know, don't touch that, no touch. That's stinky. But what do they do? They don't listen as they reach down, put their finger in that fresh bird poop, right? I remember some of these things. <laughs> and after telling him three or four times, don't throw sand, we're at the beach, that's not nice. Don't throw sand, it sand. It seems like they finally listen to you, to your relief. But then what do they do? They pick up the sand and throw it right in their, your face as they start laughing and running away. 
We know, don't we? We know babies don't always listen. And so like babies, the writer tells these readers, they become, you know, slow to hear, slow to respond. It seems like they have no interest in doing what God has to say to them. Notice something else here. Notice how in verse 11, it says how you have become dull of hearing. That means they weren't like that before. There was some spiritual deterioration that, were going, that is going on. They gradually became slow to hear, slow to respond. That drive for the word died out. Perhaps, maybe like us, right, when we first came to the Lord, while wow, we did all we could to read the Bible, we did all we could to study the word, to get to church, we were hungry, wanted more and more and more. But now these guys, no more, no more. These believers, I would say, they settled into this happy apathy. They lost that passion that they once had to hear from God. David Gutzik said, Being dull of hearing is not a problem with the ears, but a problem with the heart. That's true, isn't that? I like that. It's this stubborn immaturity that is built up into their hearts. Now the question is, what happened here? What happened to the heart? What happened to the passion? How did it get so bad? How did they deteriorate like that? Well, I'll tell you what the answer is. The answer is because of the lack of application. The lack of application. Let me explain. Spiritual deafness now happens when believers do nothing in response to what God tells them. So hearing and heeding is, is vital to Christian growth. Each time, though, you don't act upon what God says, you become hardened a little bit in your heart. You become des- desensitized a little bit. Then over time, after you're doing this over and over and over, you become dull of hearing. The less you act upon the truth, the less you listen the next time, and then the next time, and then the next time. No wonder it says in James 1.22, but be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourselves. And earlier in that same chapter, in verse 19, he says, let every person be quick to hear, right? Not slow to hear, not dull of hearing. So listen, truth that is only heard and not put into practice will bring a slow but steady deafness. So we come to the point really here, and we're just taking this first verse in this section. We come to this point where the writer's saying the deterioration in their spiritual hearing makes it very difficult for them to grow in truth. The deterioration in their spiritual hearing makes it very difficult for them to grow in truth. I read about this pastor who was once asked, uh, someone came up and asked, hey, hey, do you need a deaf ministry? And you know what his response was? Yes, I do. But I think our whole church is in need of a deaf ministry because nobody seems to listen to what I'm saying. I like that. <laughs> That's what's happening with these Hebrews. The deterioration in their spiritual hearing, they're not listening to the word anymore and then the writer saying it you know what it's gonna it makes it very difficult for you to grow in truth to grow deeper to learn more to go on in your christian life 
Can you imagine how frustrating it must be to God? Like this pastor, right? No one listens to me. Think about the Lord. Think about like us as parents or child. Think about God. You know, it must be hard for the Lord when we don't listen. When we, when we don't apply what we learn. When we like pick and choose what we take home after the message or not. When we say, well, you know what? What the pastor's saying, that's not for me. When in reality, it is. You just don't want to listen. You just don't want to do it. When we are slow to hear and slow to respond, just imagine the Lord and how He feels. We're st- we get stubbornly stuck in spiritual immaturity. How about, let me ask you this, has the newness died down? Perhaps you find yourself maybe loving other books than God's book, the Bible. Perhaps you find yourself putting more time and focus on your thing you do than the Word of God. Perhaps once once where Bible study was this non-negotiable priority, now it's way in the back. I want you to think, if you are these things, then be warned, you are dull of hearing, as the writer puts here. You know what? Then we, if we do that, where we become no different than that toddler who doesn't listen to their parent. You're like what the writer is saying here, like babies who don't listen. Let's go on here to number two. Number two is babies who drink milk. Babies who drink milk. A stubborn immaturity, they're like number one, babies who don't listen. And now number two, babies who drink milk. Verse 12 now. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God, and you have come to need milk and not solid food. Okay, the writer goes on here saying, by this time, you know, you guys, you ought to be teachers. By this time, he's saying, you've been Christians for some time now. So understand, he's not talking about some baby Christian in the Lord like they first, they just came to the Lord, they're young, they just become born again. No, he's saying, you've been Christians for some time. And you've been Christians for some time now, long enough that you should be mature enough to be teachers. Now, the writer's not saying that, uh, or, or writing to only the people who are supposed to be pastors or are called to be pastors, and now they should be teaching the church a word of God. He's not saying that. He's really saying it to believers now, generally, to the average believer and those in the church over there. He's saying that every believer should grow in the word, the word of God, to a point where they can help others live the word of God where they can share their experience of what they have learned in the Word of God. The writer, he's saying that you've been saved long enough that you ought to be able to share God's truth with someone else. But you're not even in that place yet. Paul in Ephesians 4.11 says that God has given and gifted the church like pastors and apostles and teachers and all to teach the Word of God. And what's the purpose? Well, in Ephesians 4.12, he says this, for the equipping of the saints. Equip them to do what? Well, verse 12 goes on and says, For the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. So the natural thing that God has designed in church is the pastor teaches and then everyone learns and then they can 
go on and share the word. They can share Jesus Christ. They can be a witness and light and share their salvation and how to come to the Lord. They can edify. They can pray and they can lift up and, and give a word to each other where the sheep are helping the sheep. You know, if you think about it, learning, right? The, the whole process of learning, it, is, it actually comes to a completion when you share what you've been taught, right? Then, then, then you know that it, you've received it. Then you know that it's in your heart when you can give it out also. If you can give what you receive, then you know you've received what you've given. But that's not the case here. These guys are in a place of spiritual immaturity in their walk with God. So the writer goes on here in verse 12 saying like they need someone to teach them again the first principles of the oracles of God. Oracles here speaks about the truths of God's word, the, the principles here. You can see these guys haven't grown at all. They need to go back to the first principles. You need to be, be taught again the first principles. That speaks of the basics. The New American Standard Version translates this elementary principles. In other, in other, other words, these guys need to go back to their ABCs again. The one, two, threes of God's truth. Back to basic Christianity. So the idea here is this being incapable of helping others grow. The writer saying, you guys need to go back to spiritual kindergarten yourself. No matter how long you've been, you've been you know, in the Lord long enough to where you should be teaching, but you know what's happening? You've got to go back to kindergarten. You don't know these basic things. I read about this pastor who was talking with a teenager at this youth conference, and uh, she came up to him as they sat on the steps there of the stage. She told the pastor how she was having sex with her boyfriend, and her boyfriend was saying, well, it's okay as long as no one gets hurt. Well, the pastor shared what God's word says about sex outside of marriage and she then hung her head in response she said i know that she said you know what i need i need to be saved and then she explained that not only had she been raised in the church but her father is actually the pastor of that church the pastor then replied then you know how to be saved and you know what she said she says no i don't i've heard my father preach on it but i don't understand i don't know you see because of rejecting the word for so long the word was now like foggy in her mind and she 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 explained she thought well her father's sermons were boring and it made no sense she had become spiritually deaf and even though she'd been in church her whole life she didn't even know the basics of salvation well the pastor carefully explained the gospel to her and prayed with her and she received jesus christ as her Lord and Savior. So you understand, a person can grow up in the church, a person can be a Christian for years, but if you never apply the word, then you'll never grow in the truth, and you still even have a hard time with the basics. So these guys, they're still spiritually immature. Thus, at the end of verse 12, the writer says, you guys have now come to need milk. For you guys can't even handle solid food. Now, simply said, the milk is the basics of God's truth, and solid food is the deeper things. 
One commentator, I thought this was interesting. He said, well, the milk is what Jesus did on the earth, like, you know, died on the cross and what he taught us and rose again. And the, the solid food is him going to heaven and what he's doing you know, there now. I thought, well, that's a way to look at it, too. But either way, the ones who need milk is the ones who are spiritually immature. They're immature in the word. They're in, in the immature in living the word out in their life. These guys were still spiritually babies not able to get and understand the solid food of the Word. These were still babies who drink milk. That's our heading. Someone said, The Bible is like an ocean deep enough to drown an elephant, but shallow enough at the shore for a toddler to play. I like that. Well, you guys, it's time to go deep. It's time to stop playing on the shore like a it's not time to stop our stubborn immaturity and to go on and grow in the Lord. So the writer really is making this point here. It is not normal to still be in need of milk when they should now be on the solid food of the word. It's not normal to still be in need of milk when they should now be on the solid food of the word. You know, in our kids were babies, Kristen and I would take them in for checkups. You know, you guys with babies or your parents, you understand, you know, you bring them into the pediatrician and the doctor would examine the baby and regular checkups here and measure the baby, right? Weigh the baby and then tell you, well, your baby is right there, 50 percentile. Do you remember those, you know, those, those words, right? Well, 50 percentile means their growth and development is right on track right? They're right there. If they're above that, well, they're, they're a little more, you know, or they're a little uh, more weight than the average. Or if they're below, they're below average. If the baby was 75 percentile weight, then he's bigger than normal. I think Justin was somewhere up there, right? He was bigger than normal, but he's still okay. Is, that, is there something wrong? No, no, he's still okay. If a baby was 25 or 40 percentile in weight, the, or in, in measurement in average, the baby was under that average. I don't know where Janelle was, huh? a little bit maybe. Yeah. Oh, she was right there. You know, I remember one day, though, uh, my wife was calling me and crying. She won't eat. She won't eat. Oh, no, she's not eating. And I just told her, well, you know, Janelle's already starting to watch her figure, so she's okay. Yeah. But anyway, this monitors the progression of the baby's growth and development. Well, the writer saying this, that these guys, they're way behind their percentile. I'd say they're in the negatives. I'd say they're not where they should be. Spiritually, they're struggling. Spiritually, they're not there with the Word of God. Spiritually, their life is not there with the Word of God. In all the years and all the time they've been a Christian, they're not there. They are still on square one or they were farther and went back to square one. They don't seem to care their attention span i was thinking about babies their attention span is like short right they're easily distracted by worldly things though they've been a christian for a while think about this they're like an adult sucking on their their thumb and wearing diapers still and what a picture that is right that's what he's saying he's saying it's not normal to still be in need of milk when they should now be on the solid food of the word does that describe you? 
Are you still on square one or gone up and then back to square one? Are you, are you struggling here in the Word? Are you struggling with your life, with the Word? What kind of spiritual progress have you made? Have you gone backwards? I was thinking about, uh, I remember when the first word, the, you know, uh, my kids said, I, I think all of them said, maybe Janae was different, but uh, I remember the first word my, my baby said was, da-da, right? right? I was like, yeah, not mama, da-da, ooh, yeah. Or, or you remember when they first took a step, you know? I, I remember Justin and uh, mom was on the other side, I was on the side, and okay, go, and he'd be like, you know. Remember those, those moments, right? I remember teaching them to ride a bike in the first time without training wheels, and they're like, but they, they were doing it, right? I remember when you know, they started to play team sports and the goals they made and, and the, the races they won and just being so proud of that. And, I, and then I, I, just, I remember when um, even just, just last year, right, when Jenea graduated, from King K, right? And you hear her name called, and it's like, yeah, that's my daughter, you know? You remember those moments. Well, how about us? Have we reached milestones in your spiritual growth? Or has it stopped? Or have you gone backwards to square one? You know, sometimes uh, some people, they're, they're, they're growing spiritually, all of a sudden they hit this line, and then that's it. That's it. It's like, I'm not crossing that. I'm only going to go this far. And God is saying, no, let's go. Let's do more. Let's go deeper. Yeah? Let's know the word more. Let, 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 let's, let's get into more fellowship. Let's do more of this. Let's get stronger. And Nope. I'm only going to go to this line. And you stop there. Someone said, if you don't progress, you regress. Perhaps you're thinking, well, I've grown since I first accepted Christ. But have you stopped growing? Maybe you reached the spiritual high school, but God's saying, go on to college. Yeah. Go on, become an adult. But you're like, no. Maybe you never even graduated. Don't draw that line, especially like this morning, especially when you're sitting and learning the word and God speaks to your heart and, and you're like, nah, I, I, that's not for me. And you know the Spirit is convicting you and speaking to you many people have gone to that line and stopped and don't get me wrong they're very good moral people they even serve the lord in the church but then they just stop at that line you know what happens you get stunted in your growth in the lord don't be like that don't stubbornly get stuck in spiritual immaturity that's a stubborn immaturity listen maturity comes from constant study of the Bible, coupled now with the practice of faith. The application of what you learned is the key. You can be 20 years in a Bible teaching church, yet still be a baby spiritually. I like the story of a principal in a high school who had an administrative post to fill. He promoted one of his teachers with 10 years of teaching experience to the job. Well, when the announcement was made, another teacher came right to the principal's office, came right and talked to him. He was, he was totally upset. And she said, why did you put that teacher in this position? He has only 10 years of experience, and I, had tw- I have 25 years, yet you passed me over in favor of him. And the principal was straight. 
and said, I'm sorry, but you're wrong. You haven't had 25 years of experience. You've had one year's experience 25 times. That's like some Christians. You're 20, you say, well, I'm 25 years old in the Lord. But you know, you haven't grown. You, you've been a baby 25 times each of those years. From the moment we have our new birth in Christ, we're supposed to grow, you guys, right? We're supposed to grow. We're supposed to go from the milk into the solid food, just like our babies have. But some don't, and they are still like babies who drink milk. Let's go on now to number three, our last two verses here. Number three is babies who disobey. A stubborn maturity, these people, they're like, number one, babies who don't listen. Number two, babies who drink milk. And number three now, babies who disobey. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 15, it says, For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. Now, the writer here says, Everyone who partakes only of milk. The NLT puts it this way, For someone who lives on milk. I like that. In other words, that, that's all they take in. So the writer's like, if, if they only take in milk, then you know what they are? They are unskilled. The word unskilled means inexperienced. Like they've not really learned yet. They've not really grown and in, inexperienced in, in that. They are immature now in their handling, unexperienced, inexperienced in their handling of, and the writer says, the word of righteousness. That's the truth of the word in how believers are made right with God in faith in Jesus and our salvation. And I would add, it's how that truth affects the behavior of the believer's life. So it's, it's how we're made right, how we're made righteous through Christ, his death on the cross and rising again. That's our salvation, right? But then we can live righteously. We can live in a godly manner, right? Because we're born again because of God in our life. So these guys are immature regarding this truth. Matter of fact, the writer says he is a babe. The word means infant. But it's interesting, the word here, it refers more to the state of immaturity. It's almost like the writer saying, hey, you're such a baby, you know, kind of thing, right? Of being immature. So the idea was these were babies in their understanding of how salvation and obedience work. Remember, we've been talking about this um, uh, many times as we started this book. This book is written to the Jews, right? Some Jewish believers, some who aren't mainly Jewish believers. And the writer is writing to them, thus the title, Hebrews. Well, if you remember, these guys, these Jewish believers, they're struggling right now. They're going through some challenges. There's some persecutions going on and, and their family, other, other fellow Jews, they're on them like, what are you doing following this Messiah, this Jesus so-called Messiah? What are you doing? What about the temple? What about our ways? What about our sacrifices? What about the traditions and rituals that you grew up in? So they're, they're struggling in all of this. It's brought doubt into their hearts. Oh, is, is Jesus really the Messiah? Is, is, you remember last week, I said, it, it, perhaps they were saying, where's your high priest? You need a high priest. So the writer's saying, hey, Jesus is our high priest, right? 
They're being pulled back now, pressured into what about the rituals? What about how you grew up? What about all these things? And so they're beginning to be pulled back into the rituals and traditions and and now trying to maintain salvation by works, trying to maintain, well, pleasing God and being in with God and right with God by works, by these rituals, all these things. And they're being confused in all of this and not understanding the truth, right? That we're saved by faith grace through faith right that jesus is saved that that's our salvation it's nothing that we've done and then now as we follow god now as we obey the lord in his word we don't do it to be saved we do it because we're saved because that's who we are now so not understanding that truth they are still babies right in the principles in these truths of the word of righteousness they were unskilled unexperienced they were still learning drinking milk still not grasping what salvation in jesus really means for their life so he says then in verse 14 but solid food belongs to those who are of full age that is those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil Okay, let's take a look at this, this, this verse here and, and uh, take it apart a little bit. So those on, on milk are still babies, he says. But he goes on here in verse 14, those on solid food are of full age. What he's saying, Though they're spiritually mature. They've grown up in the Lord. They have grown up from the baby stage. And they've grown from this stage. How's that? Those who by reason of use that phrase there it means in original language by continual practice that's the idea by a continual practice in other words by consistently going to the word of god and learning it's a continual thing it's not just a one-time thing it's not just oh once a year but it's an everyday continual daily kind of always doing thing now if you stop for a moment here before we go on isn't that the opposite of being dull of hearing right that's slow to hear slow to respond and 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 where uh, you're not really in the word but when you make it a, a a practice a continual practice consistently going to the word and responding what happens you grow and mature so these these guys are spiritually matured are on solid food they continually uh, go get into the word they continually practice a word these have their senses exercise it says here or that means their spiritual perception is being trained senses exercise is like being trained so so by reason of use is this continual going to the word and also continue practice of what they've learned and then senses exercise is being trained in all of that they're trained every time they are in the word and then because of that then they are able to at the end of verse 14 discern between good and evil they are able to discern to judge be able to look at something and see what is right what is wrong what is false what is true? What is spiritually beneficial and what is a waste of time? What is helpful? What is hurtful? What is of faith and what is not of faith? 
So the idea here is a mature Christian continues to be trained by the word on what is right and wrong. But the immature Christian is like babies who disobey. They don't know what's right or wrong, so they just keep doing that wrong. William Barclay wrote this, There is a tremendous difference between the childlike and the childish spirit. He said, Peter Pan makes a charming play on stage, but the person who will not grow up makes a tragedy in real life. Yeah? If someone is always childish and they never grow up, that's a tragedy. Now, there's nothing wrong to be a baby Christian who just received Jesus. That's one thing. But if they don't grow up, what's wrong? It's tragic when a Christian doesn't grow up or even reverts back to, and maybe some of you are there, a second childhood. Well, we come to our last point here. And the writer says, is saying this, how you handle what's right and wrong shows if you're spiritually a baby or not. How you handle what's right and wrong shows if you're spiritually a baby or not. You know, in 1901, one of the greatest inventions for parents was patent. And you know what that is? The pacifier. <laughs> Every family has their special name. We call it Binky, I think. Yeah. Some is a Nuggy or a Bibber or Binkus or Baba or Hushy or whatever. You guys probably have your, your own that you're thinking of right now. I think even one time, uh, uh, my wife and I, we even called it the plug, right? <laughs> right? To stop the awful scream coming out of the mouth. Yeah. And it's good. It's good to put that thing in their mouth sometimes. But even though they had their pacifier, their binky, right? It did not deter that baby, our babies, from putting other things in their mouth. You know what I'm talking about. At a certain age, they start, whoa, discovering and being aware of things, right? And they start grabbing for everything. And what do they want? They don't want to look at it. They want to put it right into their mouth, right? Right? Mom's purse strap, right? Dad's watch, you know? Every toy they own, it has to go into their mouth. The TV remote, or the, I remember the DVD case, or, and, 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 and when you take away these things and they're out of reach and like, whoo, okay, well, here's your pacifier. Well, next thing you know, what? Their entire hand is in their mouth. You remember that? Or they put their foot in their mouth. It's like, oh, man, that's, that's so gross, right? And also there's those things because they do not know better. They grab for what? The electric, the power cord, right? Ah, right, start. Yeah, no, 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 don't do that. Yeah. The, the highlighter, you know, the permanent marker, the pen. No, 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 right? Or even they go for the cat food. <laughs> no, that's not your food, right? But... We understand, since they're babies, they don't know what is okay or not. They don't know what is clean or dirty. They don't know what is dangerous or safe. Well, that's the same thing with immature believers. They don't correctly handle what is good or evil. And they allow many things to enter into them, enter into their mouth, so to speak. You see, how you handle what's right and wrong shows if you're spiritually a baby or not. Is that you? No concept of what's good for you or not? No idea what is dangerous or helpful, spiritually dangerous or not? 
I mean, we can brag about how long we've been with the Lord, but it's not how many times you even read the Bible or how much you go to church. The big question is, do you really understand what the Bible says, what's right and what's wrong? Perhaps maybe you still allow some things in your life that you think, ah, I'm okay. That's showing something you know. Even though the word is very clear and you still allow these things, it's like, hey, uh, uh, something's not right here. Yeah. You may not know. You learn, well, okay, then you change. But then there's those who, they know, but they still allow it. Are you still displaying some hang-ups? Still have a problem with anger. Still have a problem with grudges. Still being unforgiving. Still justifying habitual sins and saying it's okay. Making excuses. Have you been allowing the Word to do that deep work we talked about weeks ago? Let me ask you this. Can you recognize temptation before it traps you? We have our weaknesses. We all have our, our own things that the enemy used to target us. Can you tell if the use of correct, uh, the use of Scripture is correct or not? Is it a correct use of Scripture or a wrong use of it? Can you rightly see a situation and discern and judge and see, see it in a way that, hey, this, there's something out right here. There's not, or, or, or does your emotions just take, take over? Have you been caught up in this stubborn immaturity that we're talking about here? I mean, think about it this way. Babies do whatever they feel like, right? They don't care what's right or wrong. They don't care what, if there's another person there. They don't care if there's an, another baby there, right? I mean, what's the big first sinful word they say that shows you that, that we're all born with the sinful nature, right? What is that big word? Mine, right? It's like, oh, that came out of Jenea. You know, she's so cute. And, and no, right? Babies do whatever they feel like. They, they're the center of the world. Is that you? But here's the thing. God wants us to grow. God wants us to become what he wants us to be as we grow. Listen, this is not the life God intended for you it's not we just get saved and okay we're saved all right then we go do whatever we like it's okay we stay baby yeah we're children of god right i'm okay no god wants us to grow because that's not the life he intended for you william ward said god wants us to be victors not victims to grow not to grovel to soar not to sink to overcome, not to be overwhelmed. I love that. So let us become all that God has designed for us to be. What He's predestined us to be, and that's the image of Christ. What He is, is working in us, right? Philippians 1, 6, right? He's faithful to complete, right? What He started, what He began, right? What did He start? That work in you God wants to do. Let's no longer be babies who disobey. God has more for us, you guys. So much more. I'll close with this. One father told of driving 
with his four-year-old son in a car one day, and, and he asked him this. He said, Byron, what do you want to be when you grow up to be a man? Well, the little boy replied, I don't want to grow up to be a man. Surprised, his dad's like, well, why not? Well, little Byron replied, because then I couldn't ride my tricycle. <laughs> well, the father went on to write, as I drove on, I thought, I'm sure I enjoyed my tricycle when I was four, but I'm also sure that I enjoy much more the power and performance of my olds today, his car today. I like that. Well, in the same way, we, we think, well, our tricycle's great, or we're comfortable here, but we think this is the best thing in the world, but you know what? It's not. God is more for us. God is something way better. So let's stop being stuck in our baby ways and turn from a stubborn immaturity. Let's pray. Jesus, we come before you and we confess, Lord, that there's many things in our life that we have not given over to you. There's many things, Lord, as a baby as we are. We're selfish. We think of our only, only ourselves. We, we want what we want, when we want it. We give in to our emotions. We scream and cry when things don't go our own way. We get angry thinking it's all about us because we don't get what we desire. There's many ways, Lord, we've been immature. There's many ways where we've allowed ourselves to sin and give in to the flesh. There's many ways, God, that we have not grown, Lord. Lord, help us to grow today to take these things that we have found in your word and apply them to practice, to live it out. God, we want to repent of these sins and Lord, we confess them before you and we ask for your forgiveness. Lord, I pray for each one of us, myself included, there are specific areas that you've been speaking to us about. I know you have for me. There are specific things that you have been targeting in our lives. There are specific things, sins, areas that we have buried that you are pointing out and you've been pointing out. And many of us have been stubborn in responding to it. Lord, today as we hear and see your word, God, on these pages, Lord, we repent and we come to you. We respond and we want to practice and live your word out. We want to grow, Lord. We don't want to be babies anymore. We don't want to be stuck and be stubborn, but we want to grow to be all that you want us to be. We want to experience your power working in our lives. We want to feel the closeness of your presence, Lord. We want to see faith come to pass as we put our trust in you and not doubt and see you work your will right in front of us. We want to be free 
of those habitual things that we're in bondage to. But Lord, we know it comes with faith and response to your word. So help us this morning, Lord. God, we want to grow closer to you and we know that if we don't respond and we stay in our sins, Lord, then we'll become harder and harder and get farther and farther from you. Lord, draw us close, God. In the end, Lord, it's you that we really want more than anything else in this world. Pour your love out upon us now. And we want to love you back right now. In Jesus' name, amen.